today on Shadow Work in Leadership. This is the this is the tough part about these beliefs. Much of your life is spent trying to overcompensate for the belief that you're powerless, but you notice that you set up your life in such a way so that your belief that you're powerless is confirmed over and over and over again. That situation with your brother, these, these instances that come up with your employees, it's just every time one of those little messages pops up, it is a reminder that you are powerless and it's not right. true. It's not true. So you can practice behavior modification and you can practice pushing down that belief, but it doesn't really work, does it? It's still there. Welcome to Shadow Work and Leadership. I'm your host, David Heaps. This podcast explores what the founder of analytical psychology, Carl Jung, referred to as the shadow. The shadow is believed to be composed of all the negative contents of our psyches we repress and find it difficult to acknowledge and integrate into everyday life, the parts of ourselves we avoid. This program features real conversations about real issues with real leaders. So sit back, but pay attention. And be aware that if you find yourself feeling any amount of inner discomfort due to what you're hearing, this is likely because you're coming into direct contact with your own shadow. This, my friends, is where shadow work begins. Greetings, listener. Today I'm speaking with Ross, who co-owns and operates a successful online retailer of both print and digital magazine subscriptions. His business partner, it's important to note, also happens to be his younger brother, which we will be addressing during our call. And the two of them have been going strong for a little more than 10 years now. I met Ross through a personal associate recently, and we've never talked apart from a brief call a few weeks ago to introduce ourselves to one another and set up the session you're about to listen to. I wanted to do a coaching session with someone I wasn't familiar with, as wrangling a personality I've never worked with before can present certain challenges, which I think are interesting to work through and learn from. Ross, for example, is a rather cerebral guy who took a fair amount of coaxing to get him out of his head or his story and into his body so we could uncover and explore what was beneath his tightly constructed narrative. I like the way things unfolded, ultimately, and I feel good about where we landed. All that to say, I hope you enjoy my coaching session with Ross. Okay, so I, I want to shift just a little bit, if I can, to you uh, specifically. I understand that you are an owner which you know doesn't really belong on an org chart. So it's so you you have ownership in the company, but you're also a partner. I also um, operate, yes. Okay, owner operator. You, you have uh, some leadership capacity. Is yes. That correct. Okay. Okay. Of course. Yep. So so where an owner operator partner leader from that standpoint, where do you feel like you are not as strong as you could be, or where do you feel like you fall down? 
well, you know, to be fully transparent, I can't say I have, I excel in anything. You know, you when when you're a smaller company, you should kind of have to do wear many hats. <clears throat> and so, you know, in, in prior roles, I've also worked for small businesses. There was one instance where I worked for a state government and had more of a specialty. Uh, but over the years, I really just had to do a little bit of everything. So I, you know, haven't necessarily had formal, again, roles or training, like, you know, being a leader of HR. And so therefore I'm great at HR and suck mm-hmm. at everything else. So I'm probably, probably have weaknesses in everything. Uh, I would say just kind of from a, a, a personal standpoint that I think is both a strength, but can cause me stress is uh, I'm very big on communication, almost to the point where I'm OCD and not everybody is. It doesn't mean that they're bad at business or bad employees, but I would say it's, it's a pet peeve. When people don't communicate well? Commun- don't communicate well, don't communicate at all take too long to just respond, you know, as you know, in this day and age with all the technology we have, all the different devices, all of the different platforms, there's many ways to communicate. And it's not like this is something we learn in, in the school, in school, like what are the best mediums to communicate with somebody, right? Like if you want to have a conversation, probably better to pick up the phone. If you just want to mention something quickly, maybe you text it, Slack it, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And so personally, I take that very seriously because again, especially with COVID, uh, I think most people just can easily communicate in person, right? When it comes to communicating uh, remotely, for a business, it does it does present challenges. And so I tend to get maybe overly frustrated, whether it's with my partners or even managers with them not communicating to to my expectations. Okay. So let's be a little more specific. Where communication is concerned, is there something right now that's kind of eating at you? something unresolved, something that's just kind of hanging out there, something you haven't addressed? Uh, there is. I, I wouldn't say I haven't addressed it. I've attempted to address it. Um, I have a family member who's uh, a business partner and other owner of the company, and we've essentially kind of split responsibilities as, as owners and operators you know, we have to rely on each other for just the business to continue to operate and succeed. Again, you know, things pop up. I communicate with my family member. I need this, you know, just don't get responses. You have to ask multiple times a day, sometimes for, for several days in a row and things just go unresolved despite multiple efforts by multiple means to communicate. So figuring out how to crack that code has been the challenge and 
frankly, I've, I've not been able to successfully and consistently overcome it. Okay. So what would uh, overcoming that particular issue, what would that look like to you? What would, uh, what would success look like? Uh, prompt responses to communication, you know, whether, whether it's tasks that need to be done or answers to questions could continue to um, make the business successful or address customer needs, that sort of thing. So uh, there have times where he has just acknowledged it saying, in, in essence, this is who I am, deal with it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, there's definitely acknowledgement, right? Which I think is a good step, but beyond that, you know, not honestly, this, this has been going on for years and maybe once in a blue moon, there's acknowledgement and some semblance of an attempt or a response where, you know, this person's going to get better at it, but never happens. And then I think, yeah, I think the person's just given up trying to fix themselves or mm -hmm. work at it. Mm -hmm. And this, this family member is your brother, correct? Yes. Yeah. And he's your older brother? Younger. Younger brother? Yes. Younger brother. How much older are you than him? Seven years. And how old are you? I am 42. Okay. So he's like 36. Yep. Okay. So what is the most recent instance of this particular dynamic? Let me just ask you flat out. Is there a situation or a question or something happening right now that's, you know, I don't know where you feel it when you are dealing with that unresolved stuff, but for me, it feels like a rock right here in my solar plexus. I don't know what that feels like for you, but what is it? I'm sure you're feeling it right now, just thinking about it. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I would say it's close to daily. It's not, it, you know, it's mostly business. Sometimes it's just insignificant personal stuff. But up until I would say the past few months, you're right. Like it, I did have that feeling. What if it was a knot and you would just kind of be, I get cranky from it and sometimes upset or pissed, but you know, at, at some point I just realized like, I can't control this. Uh, I've tried to resolve it. I've done the best that I can. So I would say just through, through practice and time, just learning to not let it bother me as much. Now, granted, Again, we, we are running a, a business, which, you know, is in itself an, an entity. And there's people that rely on that, both employees and customers. And so sometimes it's not just simple as ignore it, move on. And so I think I've just learned to be more patient or employ certain tactics that, okay, I can't get what I need right now. I can't get what I need today, but knowing that persistence over time will usually end up in in uh, resolution so i think just having that discipline and and remembering every time right because yeah every, every once in a while i do get frustrated again but uh it's not as bad as it used to be okay so what's going on right now that's 
kind of in there rattling around that's not you know maybe you're handling it better but it's still in there and it's still doing its thing like a, a specific instance or just saying how i feel recently a specific instance one should just like be right there so i think earlier we talked about what was you know my elevator pitch for the business why we exist mm -hmm. what makes us different and really that's focusing on the customer customer service is something that we invest in heavily to the point in fact and you know, we could probably make a lot more money if we did what everybody else did but then you know maybe we wouldn't be as successful anyways so what tends to make my blood boil is when there's issues that impact customers and they're not issues that i can resolve and so i need to rely on my brother because it's an area of the business that he handles exclusively it's not like a matter of just me being too lazy or not doing it and so you know we're an online retailer we sell all day 24 hours a day and so there's always there's always issues relating to customers and so mm -hmm. those ones tend to tend to probably be more upsetting than than anything else mm -hmm. is there is there one that you can think of that's right there on the tip of your awareness yeah i mean it's not necessarily significant but doesn't have to probably be. probably uh most that uh, a most recent issue so there is a certain publication that that we work with that's been upgrading the way they process magazine subscription requests from a company like ours and technical issues in in this process and so it's been impacting our customers, you know, their customers are paying us, we're charging them and they're expecting to either receive a, a certain magazine digitally, which would be instantly or print magazine within a few weeks. And they're just not getting those magazines and we're processing a high volume. And so that relationship is handled by my brother. And so I think properly spending the time to understand the issue or put pressure on this partner to resolve issues has been very frustrating um, and, and not just to the customer you know when you have customer service staff that want to help customers and they're like what do we say right what do we do and we're like we don't have an answer right you can only make excuses or, or bs your way you know for so long so I would say things like that tend to stress multiple layers of, of employees in our, in our organization. So customer rep, customer service rep gets a, a concern from a customer. They don't know what to do. So they reach out to you. Is that correct? Yeah, they'll reach out to both of us. Uh, I'll, I'll tend to respond and say, let me look into it, which usually ends up being something that my brother needs to address. So the customer service reps don't have a direct line to one of you. They have a direct line to both of you. They have a direct line to both of us, but I'm the one that ten usually tends to respond. Usually or always? I'll always respond. Yeah. So I, it, it, the, the instances I don't respond or, are when 
the rare instances where he does respond right away. But typically, even if it's something that I, I'm, it's it's not my territory, I'll acknowledge a response and say, hey, let me work on getting you an answer. Okay, okay. All right, that's another subject we can go into, but I want to stay with this. I want to get into a specific instance, and it doesn't matter how innocuous it might seem. When was the last time you received some type of communication from one of your employees you know, referring to a problem that you feel your hands are tied and you can't do anything about it? Every day. Okay, so when's the last one? Yesterday. Yesterday. So tell me, just give me the two-minute version of, you know, did you pull up an email or did they call you on the phone? What happened? Sure. So our customers usually handle complaints or, or customer issues through a ticketing system. So mm -hmm. a ticket comes in, customer says, hey, it's been two months, three months. I haven't received my order. What's going on? Our customer service team will look at the order and nothing obvious from how they're trained as to what the problem is. So they will communicate via chat or email to you know, both of us saying, please look at this order. Mm -hmm. Can't find anything obvious. Can you help? I'll look at it and say like, it's unusual. Everything looks right. And then communicate to my brother as he's the one that kind of handles these direct relationships to further investigate. And usually that's where I'll have to wait a few days for a response. And therefore our representative has to wait a few days for a response. And therefore the customer continues to wait even longer. Okay. Okay. So in that, so I know this, this feels like I'm, I'm drilling down on something pretty no, insignificant, but please this do. is, this is very important. So in that little time frame when you receive the chat, respond to the chat, communicate with your brother, there is, there is a moment that is upsetting to you more than all the other moments in that little span of time. There's one moment that just, it just goes in and gets you. And it's just, it's just upsetting. doesn't matter how small the upset it's an upset. Yeah. What is it? What is it that you find upsetting about that whole situation? What is the moment that it just hits you in your body. It's, it feels like a punch. Come to think of it, now that you're kind of drilled into that, I would say it's more upsetting that that circumstance or issue even exists more so than not getting a response trying to resolve it. Right. Because more, more often than not, these are instances that happen over and over again. Right. And to me, I like addressing issues and figuring out and fixing them and fixing them at their core. Yes. So they just don't happen again and again. Right. And I would say, you know, in this specific instance, it, it, it's something that's happened before many times, right? Mm -hmm. New stuff does pop up and there's bugs in the code or edge case scenarios those tend to not be as upsetting, but in these, in this most recent issue, yes, it's happened many times before and it's just mind boggling. Like how can we keep letting this happen? Why are we just playing whack-a-mole or fix, fixing issues on a case by case basis versus yeah. spending the time and energy to make sure it doesn't happen again? 
Okay. Okay. So the, the moment that is that that punch comes is when you see it pop up. It's like right away, just as soon as it yeah, comes up. Like, what the? <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. I think I got it. So are you willing to do a little bit of work on this, on this particular, there's a, there's a feeling associated with this and it's going to lead us to a deeper understanding of what you, that the, the situation you have set up for yourself and what your mind is trying to convince you of. Uh, but I can't talk to you about it theoretically. I just kind of have to walk you through the process of getting there. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull, I'm going to share my screen with you and I'm going to pull up a list of words and this is going to help us drill down on what that particular feeling is for you. And the feeling is all important. So I just go, go ahead and just uh, close your eyes for just a second. Okay. 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 So I just want you to imagine that you, I imagine that you're at your workstation right now. This is where you do your work from. Yes. And I just, and I just want you to imagine you are at your desk, you're doing your thing and this chat pops up and you recognize right away what the chat is about. And as that chat comes up, it brings up all of that stuff that comes along with it. You know what's going to happen. You're going to respond. You're going to send something off to your brother. He's not going to reply in a timely manner. This, this problem is just going to persist and continue to manifest in different shapes and forms because we're not spending the time. So all of that comes up in that. As soon as you see that pop up, that's in there. Okay. Am I pretty accurate? Yes. Okay. Okay. So when you see that pop up, the important thing here is I want you to pay attention to what that does in your body. If you just imagine yourself sitting there, chat pops up, you see it, you read it, and it hits you somewhere in your body. Just kind of tell me what that feels like and where that, where that, where you're feeling that. Uh how to describe the feeling. So is it, uh, is it uh, pressure? Is it uh, tension? Is it sharp? Is it radiating? I, I would say it's more tension. And where do you feel it in the body? Like the head, the neck, the chest, the stomach? Good question. Usually the head. Back, front. The head, just the whole, just the whole head, like probably like head, neck area. Okay, so like the head and the back of your neck. Yeah, and it's kind of a tension. Yes. Okay, so I just want you to allow yourself to to feel that tension in the back of your head and your neck, and uh, just imagine that feeling you get when you see that chat come up because of all the things that are contained and behind that particular communication, okay? So I want you to go ahead and open your eyes. And I want, can you see my screen? Yes. Okay. So I just want you to go down this list. And if any of these words, these feelings pull on you as being contained in that feeling that comes up when you get that chat, I just want you to say the word to me. And I'm just gonna put an X next to it, okay? Aggravated. Aggravated, okay, of course. Say ashamed. I'm curious. Than... 
better uh-huh. than humiliated, actually. I'm curious about alone. You don't feel alone in that. It's okay I if you don't. say alone because I know there are others in the organization that share the same sentiment. Okay. So aggravated, yeah. ashamed. What else you got? Bothered. Bothered. Okay. Uh, definitely burdened. Mm-hmm. Sure. Disappointed. Disappointed. Okay. All right. Frustrated. I'd say sometimes helpless, mm-hmm. but I uh, regret again, like if, if we're just focusing on the most recent incident, like mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily pissed off, but there are times that I felt pissed off. So, so there was no, amount of, there was no amount of pissed off in there when you saw that. Not recently. No. Okay. Okay. Resentment. I'd say that's about it again. Like, Six months ago, if we would have had the same session, I'd probably check more boxes, but that's what it's contained to, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. So uh, do something else for me. I just want you to look at the feelings that you picked, and one of those should stand out more than the other ones. It's that, that's the one you should feel, you'll feel the strongest. It'll kind of encapsulate what that, that feeling is for you. Probably uh, ashamed. Ashamed. So do me a favor. Yeah, let's, let's do the, we'll do the process and then we'll talk about uh, what we find. So go ahead and just relax, close your eyes. Once again, I'm just gonna kind of walk you through this again. I just want you to, again, just imagine you're at your desk, you're working and that chat comes up and you pull it up or it you know, flashes on your screen, you read it. And everything contained within that situation just kind of emerges. And it just, uh, that tension in the back of your head and the back of your neck starts to, starts to grip you. And that feeling of feeling ashamed comes over you. Mm. This is a very specific feeling for you and not a new feeling. This is an old feeling for you. This is mm-hmm. something you've felt many, many times. So I just want you to sit there with that for a moment. Let yourself feel that very, that very unique to you feeling of, of being ashamed. And then while you're in that particular space, I want you to put a number on it. So I, I know you said that, uh, you know, six months ago, it would have been different, but as far as how the, the strength of that emotion of being ashamed from a, from a, a scale of one to 10, what number would you give it? One being, you know, don't feel it very much. 10 being it's, you know, overwhelming. Probably a six. Okay. So you give it a six. Yeah. Okay. So while you're sitting there in that feeling, I want you to just kind of turn your attention to when Ross was six, seven, eight years old. Just kind of turn your your attention to those memories of when you were a kid. And one will start to float to the surface where you had that same feeling of being ashamed. And you'll notice that something is going on around you. Someone's saying or doing something around you and you get that same feeling. And it uh, the memory that surfaces may not make sense to you at first, so it doesn't really matter. Just talk about what what is what is coming up for you when, when you look at that. So instances where I've been ashamed? There should be 
an instance when you were a young guy that kind of pops up to the forefront? What's the memory? Yeah, so I think one, uh, well, biggest instance, but reoccurring that's maybe haunted my my childhood. So uh, I have a condition called hyperhidrosis where my hands sweat randomly for no rhyme or reason. And so I can remember many times as as a kid or even a teenager having to shake people's hands and just being very sweaty and feeling embarrassed or, or ashamed by that. So is there a, was there a particular instance that a picture that you remember in your mind when that was the case? There's one that stands out. Um, I would say this was, we, I think we were the kind of the activity at the time was for some reason P was square dancing. So mm -hmm. I remember having to do that, you know, with some young ladies at the time and then afterwards being approached by the PE teacher saying, Hey, we got a complaint from a young lady saying that you, they think you're spitting on your hands, you know, before you're, mm -hmm. you're, you're dancing with them. Mm -hmm. And I remember just kind of being like blown away, obviously, because that was a lie. And it's just a condition I had, but still yet being ashamed on top of other emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So th this probably goes back even further, but let's just focus on that particular conversation with your PE teacher. Because, you know, in that moment when he came to you and told you that, you know, he had a complaint from one of the young ladies in your class and that she thought you were spitting on your hands before you were, you know, you felt ashamed, but there, there was a story that, that, that came with that. You had to explain this to yourself. And so there is a, uh, there, there is a a belief that you invented about yourself to kind of explain what this meant about you, what this said about you as a person. So what was that belief that you created about yourself? What did this say about you as a person that this was happening to you? It, it said that other people believed I had malicious intent wanting to harm or, or gross out others, which I think at the time, when I was younger, I was, I would say, very shy and quiet and reserved, you know, did not like being at the center of attention, just kind of kept more to myself. It was just, again, very quiet, polite, mm -hmm. reserved. Yeah. And so it was extremely shocking because it was quite the opposite of who I was and how I lived my life, right? I wasn't trying to be the most popular kid or be the best at anything just kind of kept to myself and it was it was shocking and disappointing okay let's i'm gonna, just gonna i just want to try something real quick so i just want you to kind of stay in that moment when you're talking to your teacher so end of class after gym teacher approaches you explains what, the, the complaint that happened is it the same type of pressure in the back of the head the neck the same feeling of ashamed is it the same is it the same one as th that you get when you see that that image pop up or is it different it was much more 
extreme back then so oh, hard to say if it was if it was the same i mean mm-hmm. probably a little different i mean okay. that was more of kind of like a personal shame like mm-hmm. kind of like down your core whereas when it's you know your 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 business like you're embarrassed that you know you aren't doing right uh-huh. by by the customer but there's a little bit of a layer there right mm-hmm. like it's it's my business i feel a part of it but mm-hmm. it's not it's not quite as intense especially our, our sales volume is high and so again we get daily complaints daily issues so you tend to de- you know desensitize over time mm-hmm. but it, it still bothers me. So yeah. Okay. So just yeah. again, just stay in, stay in that moment where you, you know, your teacher has shared this news with you. And I just want you to think about or feel, feel that news coming at you. Like, Hey, one of the, one of your classmates thinks you're spitting in your hands before you're dancing. There's a certain embarrassment and, a sh- and shame that comes with that. Now I want you to just be in that for a moment. And I want you to think about being even younger. I want you to think about being six, seven, eight years old and getting that same feeling that you got when you were standing there with your teacher, that, that ashamed, embarrassed feeling that you had. And tell me what, what you're looking at. Honestly. Yeah. Nothing different resonates, you know, having the same experience being, being younger, I would say it would probably have been very similar unless I'm, not comprehending the question clearly no no it's okay we're just it doesn't have to be the same situation it's the feeling that we're interested in that feeling of ashamed oh so you're saying a different instance yeah uh, being younger and this this feet this feeling of being ashamed and embarrassed the, the circumstances can be anything nothing nothing major that stands out or i really have poor memory <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. Any pictures, like any, just it, sometimes it'll just be a fragment. It'll just be a piece. So yeah, here's one. Now you're talking probably first grade, whatever. Mm -hmm. Perfect. So it's kind of a a bullying type of situation. Mm. Um, I, I remember going to the bathroom, obviously I'm in a stall and some, I think it was a, another kid probably in my class but just you know bigger in size pulling me away while i'm i'm peeing and obviously splashing on myself and Mm. and other places and just Mm. kind of being you know embarrassed Mm -hmm. and ashamed yeah that's the full that's the full memory and that's fine yeah i mean i i don't remember exactly what i did probably you know probably just ended up uh you know wiping myself down and then walking up yeah there wasn't really um it wasn't really confrontational or anything at that point Mm -hmm. i just kind of walked away kind of upset and embarrassed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay so you didn't you didn't confront him you just you just did it you just kind of let him go by and and then you dealt with it yeah i believe yourself yeah okay so there's that feeling of of feeling ashamed because because why uh, I think because, uh, well, one, you know, I'm at the stall, kind of paid on myself a little bit. 
and then um, just not knowing how to handle the situation, probably partially fear, you know, this bigger kid bullying me. And then, you know, yeah, probably shame of not knowing how to deal with it or mm-hmm. confronting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So how did you explain this to yourself? What is, what, what the, the fact, see, the, the focal point here is the fact that this kid came and did this to you and that um, you didn't feel uh, equipped to handle the situation direct confront it directly so yeah okay so there was a a belief that you created about yourself and that uh probably earlier but in that moment certainly it was reinforced do you know what that said about you what that uh belief was that you were creating about yourself i i would say that i um couldn't handle the situation either not tough enough or a fear of you know getting getting beat up or um i mean i was also kind of shy at at that point so just not wanting to you know i I think you're thinking how kids you know bully each other how they're hardened on each other maybe like the perfect word being as a scaredy cat if that makes sense yeah yeah really what we're talking about here and i just want you to listen to this and kind of let it go in the the root here is the belief that you're that you're powerless that's right yeah yeah so this is why you this is one of the reasons anyway why you do jujitsu to overcome that that's a good point right yeah this is a big deal for you. So go ahead and open your eyes. So this is really interesting because getting upset is the body's way of communicating with you and helping you, giving you the opportunity to correct in inaccurate belief about yourself. Is it true that you are powerless? I mean, in in many senses, yes. I mean, there are many situations in life where it's out of our control and we're powerless. But I would say if we're talking about if I were to be in that situation now, definitely not. Or in the sense of being able to overcome day-to-day obstacles, I, I, I don't still feel powerless now. Yeah. So there is a part of you, a deep part of you that does feel powerless, which is why when you are confronted with these situations where you have to accept that your example, that your partner, your brother is not going to respond to the situation in a way that you feel it should be responded to. It puts you in direct content contact with that belief that you are powerless. And because this is painful for you, because this is something you don't want to look at and you don't want to, you, you do many things in your life to overcome that, to carry You know what? You're, you're right. And I think one of the ways I've 
tried to overcome it so that I'm not powerless is by saying, hey, look, if you just don't want to do handle these types of responsibilities anymore, great, pass those responsibilities on to me, educate me, train me, show me what it is that you do. And despite not wanting more work or responsibility necessarily, I would take it on so that I don't feel powerless and so that I'm not in that situation. So that that has definitely been, there's been attempts to address that powerlessness. See, and that is the power that you always have, right? You're not, you are not powerless. None of us are powerless yeah. because, because we can always choose how we're going to respond to something. And you chose to respond to that situation that happened in the bathroom by educating yourself. You started, I mean, it might've been later in life. You didn't know how to handle that in the moment, but this is, I mean, you and I are very similar in this regard. I also was bullied when I was younger and also have a very deep uh, belief uh, that, that I deal with some powerlessness. And, you know, so I started taking karate when I was younger. And then I met a guy, I met a guy who kicked my butt and found out he was a jujitsu teacher and you know, started taking jujitsu. And, um, you know, so, so you chose to go down that path to educate yourself and to um, deal with what you needed to deal with. And the situation with your brother is really no different. You just haven't figured out the right way to approach that yet. But this is the, this is the tough part about these beliefs. Much of your life is spent trying to overcompensate for the belief that you're powerless, but you notice that you set up your life in such a way so that your belief that you're powerless is confirmed over and over and over again. That situation with your brother, these, these instances that come up with your employees, it's just every time one of those little messages pops up, it is a reminder that you are powerless and it's not right. true. It's not true. So you can practice behavior modification and you can practice pushing down that belief, but it doesn't really work, does it? It's still there. Sometimes maybe, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say it, the fact that it keeps coming back, it's still there despite different tactics or attempts. Yeah. The... I would say one of the most important things for, for you is to start working towards creating an environment where, just as you mentioned, that isn't the case. Right now, you have literally created a job where you are reminded of this thing, I don't know how many times a day. Yeah, so you're, what you're almost saying is that power isn't just necessarily like having authority or control over something specific but the fact that you always have a choice right to do something different and maybe you can't fix that situation in the way that you want to but you still have the power to handle it differently is that kind of what what you yeah. mean by that yeah i'm looking something up really quick so i want to read you a quote you ever heard of victor frankel no he wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. So this guy was sent to a concentration camp during World War II. And he wrote a book about it after he got out. And so there's a quote here. I actually have a few clients that have this quote, you know, sitting up 
uh, above their desk, you know, somewhere where they can remind themselves of this because I deal with business owners and, you know, business leaders, and I would say 99% of them deal with the belief that they're powerless. <laughs> and their very strong response to that belief that they're just not willing to settle for is to become powerful in their own life, to start a company, to be a boss, to make money, to overcompensate for that, that, that part of them that they don't want to come into contact with. So the quote is, everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, the last of the human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any, get of, in any given set of circumstances to choose one's own way. That's a great point. Yeah. So every time you feel that, that feeling, now you know going forward when, that, when you get that tension, when you uh, have that feeling of, uh, of ashamed, this is just an incorrect belief that needs to be healed with uh, appropriate action. You don't behave in a way that just moves into the background. And it gets so it's more less faint. about changing the circumstance that has these events that keep popping up. It's more about changing how I deal with it or what, you know, how I feel or react to it. I think it's right? both. I think it's both. It is both. Okay. I think you come at it from both angles to remain. First of all, the situation with your brother, it's, it's not a great setup. I mean, first of all, there, there really should be a, you know, as far as the people in your company are concerned, they really should have a direct line to one person, not two. that just creates confusion. So as far as how you guys would, you know, even if, if that's even something you guys wanted to look at, that's probably the first step is just creating a very functional organizational chart because that organizational chart, as you probably well know, is just a diagram for the communication in your company. And if, com if communication isn't flowing unimpeded up and down the organization, I, I don't even have to finish that sentence. Yeah, you're right. And it, it is something that we're, we've kind of in the middle of tackling, you know, so we, you know, we have a, a team of customer service representatives and there's a young lady that was kind of managing them and by way of a, a previous manager quitting, she became the most senior and became the person to, to manage the team. And we just realized over time that it just wasn't her strength or necessarily her desire, but, you know, she was just doing it because it was expected of her. And so, you know, at some point we decided to bring in a formally a more formally trained experienced manager that the rest of the team in a sense you know respect more so before communication was all over the place different people would reach out and so we recognized that and said all right like we need better leadership in this position and have been trying to you know this was a few months ago and we've been trying to bring that person up to speed and trying to train everybody that you have a problem this is who you go through and then from there she can contact the appropriate so it it has something that has been improving but you know with uh 
the complexities in our, in our business and, and getting this new individual caught up to speed, there's still a little bit of that communication where random people reach out. I think to your point, we probably are too lax, right? Because you want to be nice and we're a small business and, you know, you try to say anybody can reach out, right? But that probably does create confusion and probably, you know, amplifies some of these frustrations and situations. You, you ever been on a river? You ever, you ever done any whitewater rafting? I have not, but it's something that I've wanted to do. Do you know what an eddy is? No. It's sort of where water gets trapped and then starts to swirl around, you know, it kind of hits okay. the rock, yeah. the rocks or the right. bank in a certain way. So then it just starts to swirl around. Mm -hmm. So that's the image that comes to mind when I've, when I haven't designed, you have kind of an engineering mind. Is that right? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the, the channels of communication in your business, like any, anything that functions needs to be designed to function, right? Yes. Yeah. So what we're dealing with here, because if you, if you haven't designed your communication channels with a lot of purpose and intention, you create all these obstacles in the flow of that communication. And then things start to branch off and create eddies and if you, and, and, and Eddie is just a euphemism for a problem, <laughs> you know, fire, right? Yeah, so that's a good point. So to take the time to sit down and really think about removing the obstacles from your business that are creating these eddies and fires and problems is, is sort of the most important thing for you, right? And right now, as far as creating a company that you're, I mean, first of all, as long as you're a business owner, you're never going to have a situation where you are not confronted with the things that you are challenged by. Exactly. Never going to happen. But certainly we can uh, reduce the number of things that are coming to you on a regular basis. And that's just by having the proper design, the proper setup. It doesn't make sense that your partner is the gatekeeper with certain things that he's not willing to actually address. That's just a bad design, right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely the right. Yeah. So there, there's a, there are a couple of things in here for you. Yes. When those things come up, because they are going to come up, it is important for you to realize, to consciously recognize what's happening for you, the belief that is being inflamed. And it's really important that you actually, in your mind, like as often as you can think of, take a moment to think about what that is and to forgive yourself for creating that belief. Because when you were a little guy, you didn't know that's what you were doing. You were just making sense out of the world the best way you knew how. And in the mind of a five or six or seven-year-old, you, like all of us, are just perfect little narcissists. And so everything that is happening to us and around us in our experience is happening uh, to us and it's happening because of us. We never paint ourselves in a very charitable light. So the operating system that we create with those beliefs that we create is just a result of just a young mind doing what it can to make sense of the world, right? 
Yes. So these things aren't true, but they are there. That operating system is very, very deeply entrenched and they, they do go with you into adulthood and they do tend to dominate your life because whatever you are, the totality of whatever you are will never stop presenting you with the opportunities to, uh, to unblock that energy that is trapped in you. It just wants to move through you like everything else does. My life is just meant to flow through and past you, but these there are these little areas that get stuck, these little wounds that go in and these little eddies inside of us that don't get resolved. And then uh, the, the totality of whatever you are begins to create and set up circumstances for you to bump into those things, not so that you can have a terrible life and be uncomfortable, but so that you can correct those beliefs. They're just incomplete. You're just not dealing with, it's just an unconscious part of your operating system that, um, uh, that will create those opportunities for the rest of your life. So the whole, the whole practice is to uh, identify what those beliefs are and then to go through your life consciously and start to work with those circumstances that get created due to those beliefs and start to work with them consciously and put them in the proper place, which is behind you. That makes sense versus just saying like, this is how it is and I just need to live <laughs> with it, which I think a lot of us do. Yeah, that's, yes, absolutely. Including yours truly. And then it helps to have, you know, once in a while somebody comes along and they reflect something back at us and we get hit with that that understanding and, and, and we can go a little deeper with it, but um, this feels like this is a really big one for you. So now you can start to think about uh, how you can, um, well, both things, how are you, how you can uh, understand it differently when it's happening so that you're not going to that place that you uh, instinctively go to and what you can start doing to create a better design in your business to limit the number of times that particular thing comes up for you in, in, in a given day. Right. Which is not just good for you. It's good for you. It's good for your partner. It's good for it's your good employees. For it's yeah. good for your business. That's just, that's just good business. Exactly. And you can bet that your brother on the other end of this is dealing with his own stuff and you guys are just you know unconsciously your stuff is just kind of bumping into each other if i were to sit down and talk to him he would have a whole different story on the other side of this and and it would make perfect sense to you absolutely um, and i think <laughs> what what has increased the frustration is and maybe my approach has been too aggressive is trying to understand that because if mm -hmm. i understood it more then maybe be more a little patient or try to help but you know how brothers are sometimes you just don't want to be vulnerable or you you know you just joke about it and uh it just makes the situation worse yes but you're absolutely right that i'm sure there's very good reasons as to why he tends to do that just and again we don't know but i'm just speculating here as to a possibility Every time you pose him with a, uh, a concern on his end, he could be experiencing and having the belief inflamed 
that he is not adequate, that he's stupid. And uh, the way he avoids confronting that is by avoiding the situation, by just kind of pushing it aside and not dealing with it until he has to. I'm not saying that's it, but it's possible right. that yeah. something like that could be it. And it's just a different way to kind of look at things from, from possibly what he's dealing with. But uh, these are conversations we can start to have with one another. I would certainly encourage you to talk with your brother. I, I'm definitely going to give it some thought and mm-hmm. figure out how to better approach it. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Shadow Work in Leadership. Follow the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And while you're at it, go ahead and give us a five-star rating and share it with your friends and colleagues. You know that's the next thing on your to-do list anyway, right? You're welcome. If you are a business leader of any kind and you'd like to learn more about doing private coaching with me, Or if you're a business owner or CEO and you'd like to inquire about joining one of my Vistage groups, contact me directly at david at realignyourbiz.com. That's david at realignyourbiz.com. Or send me a message through my website, www.realignyourbiz.com. That's www.realignyourbiz.com. Until next time.